Welcome to It's So Interesting, the travel podcast hosted by two adventure sisters who love exploring the world and sharing experiences with others. We are Julia and Miro, and we are welcoming you here on a journey with us through the most fascinating places, mouth-watering dishes, tips and tricks for getting the most out of your adventures, and cool facts and events from all over the world. It's So Interesting is for you if you love traveling and learning new things because here we discuss everything from the best places to eat and sleep to cultural experiences and hidden gems that you won't find in any guidebook. But it's not all about practical advice. We also have plenty of personal stories to share, from getting lost in foreign cities to bonding with locals over shared passions. You'll feel like you're right here with us exploring the world and discovering new adventures. So sit back, relax, and let us take you on a journey around the world. You never know where this experience will take us. But one thing is for sure, it's sure to be interesting. In this episode, we will be taking you on a journey through some of our favorite cultural symbols and culinary delights from Europe. First up, we will be discussing the iconic Ampelmann, a quirky pedestrian traffic light figure that has become a beloved symbol of Berlin. We will delve into the story and significance of this unique symbol and share some of our own experiences encountering Ampelmann during our travels. Next, we will be indulging in a taste of France with a discussion of the classic dish, French onion soup. We will explore the origins and cultural significance of this comforting dish and share some of our own favorite places to try it during travels in France. Finally, we will take a trip down memory lane as we share how we first slept in the car and how it opened new destinations for us. In our recent survey on Instagram, you asked for more personal stories. So here we are. And if you're not following us on Instagram yet, tap the link in the description down below and do so for more travel inspiration and real-life advice. So, Ampelmann. We had no idea about it until we came to Berlin. At first, we noticed the pedestrian traffic lights with a weird man-shaped figure, and we really thought it just a cool arty thing in Berlin. But when soon we find out that there was an official shop and museum, we realized that there was more to the story. Ampelmann, also known as the little traffic light man, is a symbol of Berlin that has become an integral part of the city's cultural heritage. The iconic figure, which appears on pedestrian traffic signals throughout the German capital has a fascinating story that dates back to the days of the Berlin Wall. The first traffic lights at pedestrian crossings were erected in the 1950s. At that time, traffic lights were the same for cars, bicycles, and pedestrians. The Ampelmann figure was first created in the 1961 by traffic psychologist Karl Peglau, who was tasked with developing a new pedestrian traffic signal system for East Berlin. Peglau criticized the fact that the standard colors of the traffic lights, red, yellow, green, did not provide for road users who were unable to differentiate between colors and that the lights themselves were too small and too weak when competing against luminous advertising and sunlight. Peglau proposed retaining the colors while introducing intuitive shapes for each colored light. Peglau's design was meant to be easily recognizable, even from a distance, and to convey a clear message to pedestrians about when it was safe to cross the street. The Ampelmann figure, with its round head, white shoulders, and jaunty stride, proved to be the perfect solution. 
At first, the idea seemed very expensive for the city, but eventually the decision was made. As a result, Ampelmann's popularity grew not only on the streets, but also in the social culture. In 1982, educational programs with his participation began to appear on television. From the TV screens, a traffic light man talked about the rules of the road. After the fall of the Berlin Wall in 1989, the Ampelmann figure was in danger of disappearing. Many people assumed that the traffic signal system in the newly reunified city would be standardized as that the Ampelmann figure would be replaced with the more generic Western pedestrian signals. However, the people of Berlin were not willing to let go of their beloved Ampelmann so easily. A campaign was launched to save the iconic figure with supporters arguing that the Ampelmann was not just a symbol of East Berlin, but of the entire city. In the end, the campaign was successful and the Ampelmann figure was officially adopted as a symbol of the city of Berlin in 1997. On Ampelmann's 40th birthday in 2001, the first store opened. There there are actually six stores in Berlin, and some of them have cafes inside. And in 2004, female versions were created called the Ampelfrau. They show a girl wearing pigtails and a skirt depicted in the same posters as the Ampelmännchen. So now both the Ampelmann and the Ampelfrau are symbols that can be found on countless tourist items. Today the Ampelmann is not just a symbol of Berlin, but a popular tourist attraction as well. Visitors to the city can purchase Ampelmann-themed souvenirs, including t-shirts, mugs, and even chocolate bars. There are also several Ampelmann stores throughout the city, selling everything from keychains to stuffed animals. The Ampelmann figure has its own museum in Berlin called the Ampelmann Museum. The museum features a collection of historical traffic signals and other related exhibits. Ampelmann has been used in advertising campaigns for companies such as Coca-Cola, Adidas and Volkswagen. Also, the Ampelmann has become a popular Halloween costume in Berlin with many people dressing up as uh, iconic characters for the holiday. And in 2005, a giant inflatable Ampelmann figure was placed on top of the Berlin TV tower to mark the 45th anniversary of Ampelmann's creation. It's fascinating how cute and popular this figure is. I love it! It's so artistic and charming as a concept. I even had a small pendant with the red Ampelmann on my car keys, but it fell off after years of traveling with us. When in Berlin, you will definitely see the traffic lights with those cute figures. And if you have time to pay a visit to a shop or museum, do it, because it's interesting. The Ampelmann figure is definitely a symbol of Berlin that has become a cherished part of the city's cultural heritage. Today, the Ampelmann figure continues to capture the hearts and imaginations of both locals and visitors alike, and is sure to remain a beloved symbol of the city for many years to come. It's so interesting how many different things can become symbols of places or iconic things specific to certain locations or traditions. I'm sure you already know what we are going to talk about as we announced it earlier before, but let's agree, food is definitely a specific feature of certain regions, cities, places and communities. Yeah, like paella in Spain, pizza and margarita in Italy. By the way, if you go back to our second episode of It's So Interesting, 
you will find out a charming story of pizza margarita. There are many dishes of cultural significance and we will definitely get to talk about all of it either. Tacos, pad thai, borscht, moussaka and so on. France also has several dishes that come to mind when you think about food there. Yeah, the most popular is probably croissant and then I would say crepe, escargot, bouillabaisse, ratatouille and onion soup. Definitely French onion soup. As we speak about the food, I need to mention that starting next week our travel-inspired cookbook The Taste of Travel Salads will be out and available for purchase. The link is attached below, so don't miss your chance to discover the hearty and satisfying crisp and refreshing flavors of the stunning European places. In this cookbook we take you on a journey through some of the most beautiful and vibrant cities in Europe, discovering the unique flavors and ingredients that make each place so special. From the sun-kissed coasts of uh, Italy to the rugged landscapes of Scandinavia, we've gathered the best salad recipes from our travels and compiled them into one delicious and inspiring collection. The link is in description or will be next week. And now we can finally talk about the iconic French onion soup, a delicious and comforting soup that has become a classic dish in French cuisine. With its rich flavor and hearty texture, this soup has been enjoyed by food lovers all over the world. French onion soup is believed to have originated in the 18th century in France. It was originally a peasant dish made with stale bread, onions and water. Over time, the recipe evolved to include beef broth, wine and gruyere cheese. The soup is traditionally served in a crock or a bowl with a slice of a toasted bread on top and melted cheese. I think everything with gruyere cheese will be just delicious. The special features of French onion soup are what make it so unique and Delicious. It is believed that the onion soup originated in the region of Lyon as onions were an integral part of the original cuisine. However, one story about the origin of French onion soup states that it comes from King Louis XV of France. The story goes that one night the king returned to his hunting lodge late at night, hungry and demanding a meal. The chef had very few ingredients left, so he improvised a soup made with onions, stale bread and some broth. The king reportedly loved the soup so much that he requested it again in the future, and soon it became a staple of French cuisine. Really limited selection of food <laughs> Definitely of for, such, for such a recipe. Yeah. Nowadays, French onion soup is a popular dish that can be found in many restaurants that serve French cuisine. Determining the best French onion soup is subjective and depends on personal taste preferences, of course. However, some of the best places to try the soup in France include Au Pied de Cochon and Bistro de Vouche in Paris. Okay, well, we will write them all down in the description to this episode because it's so hard to understand how to write those names of restaurants or also as well as pronouncing those uh, French uh, We will uh, names. upload the location links in the Telegram post to this episode and the link is below. Subscribe and make sure you never miss an interesting information. In some regions of France, it is traditional to serve French onion soup at midnight on New Year's Eve. That is why many associate French onion soup with winter. But it is actually a 
year-round dish in France. Well, because probably you can get onions all around like the year, so yeah. And in the United States, onion soup is often served as an appetizer, but in France it is typically served as a main course. Also interesting fact that the largest bowl of French onion soup ever made weighed almost 1300 kilograms and was created in Canada in 2010. Anyway, French onion soup is a classic and delicious dish that has been enjoyed by food lovers for centuries. With its rich flavor, hearty texture and unique toppings, this soup is a truly French culinary icon. Whether you try it in France or in a local restaurant, French onion soup is sure to delight your taste buds and warm your soul. I will repeat myself if I tell you how much I love traveling for food. It's my passion to be in a beautiful location, exploring and top it up with a delicious meal. And there were times when we traveled a lot and ate a lot. <laughs> So uh, once upon a time, well, it was like 13 years ago, we started coming to Europe by car because it was super convenient for us. We were driving from Kyiv to Berlin and could stay there or travel around as long as our budget allowed us to do so. And we didn't have to stick to the dates because of the flights or buses or trains. The car gave us this certain independence. Also, it is important to mention that our travel budget, or correctly saying life budget, was very limited. While we were away from Kia, we rented out our apartment and it was our starting point. The money was enough for the road insurance, car insurance and accommodation in Berlin, because at that time it was our base. All other costs for traveling we had to earn along the way. So we worked online, writing, translating, we DJed, we helped people move using our car and we had people with us on the road as a ride share to split the fuel costs or sometimes even cover the total amount of the road, like the spending costs for the road. Different things. We even distributed newspapers to mailboxes in Berlin to make 20 euros a day each. But there would be no cool stories without challenging situations, right? This one happened in April 2011. We were driving back from Berlin to Kyiv with a stop in Warsaw for the live show. We booked a hotel in the city center. Polonia Palace is a gorgeous building with a perfect location and a great vibe. However, and here starts the story, when we arrived, we couldn't pay for it for our stay in this hotel, because our card was blocked. And at the time we had money on one card because we shared the budget and it was safe to do so. We contacted the bank, but there was some issue and they promised to unblock our card in the next several days. So here came the moment of thinking. We counted the cash that we had and it was only enough to pay for fuel to drive back to Kyiv and some food. No way we could pay for their accommodation. And we were young and free, so we excused ourselves and left the hotel because it was time to attend the live show. We really decided not to bother much and go to the show and then figure it all out. At first we thought that we might start the road after the concert and sleep in a car somewhere on the way, but then we quickly realized that the road from Warsaw to the border was not a typical highway. At that time it mostly went through villages and fields, so not that safe and suitable to stop and sleep. It was the first time when we realized that we have a car and wherever it is we can sleep in it. 
When the show was over, we were tired, had no money to pay for a hotel, blocked card, so we decided to look for a place to park and sleep in Warsaw. Yeah, it was spontaneous and fun, I must say. Now thinking about this situation, I realize how free-spirited and trouble-free we used to be. Well, in many ways, our attitude to things in life still remains positive and trouble-free. True. Yeah, true. We even see an opportunity in cancelled flights. Exactly. (laughs) So we were driving through the city and suddenly we saw a construction site. So we decided to check it out. It looked like a great place to sleep in the car as there was a parking spot and also a CCTV camera. So we actually realized that it was totally safe to sleep in the cars there. Well, because the area was monitored. And you know what it was? Everything was great. And in the morning, we realized that it was a construction site of the new national stadium in Warsaw that was built before Euro 2012. And every time driving past it, we think about how we slept in the cars there and how it opened the door of a car sleeping for us. I'm not encouraging you to sleep in a car, because in many countries it is forbidden to do so, especially in the cities. And in episode 2, we already told the story of sleeping in the car in Nijmegen, a city in the Netherlands, and how it all ended. So here are already two reasons for you to go back to episode 2 and listen to it if you haven't done it yet. So this is how our sleeping in car travel has started. We haven't done it in a while, because we have more money now safety issues and the love for comfort but being young students this gave us an opportunity to travel europe and see unbelievably gorgeous places once we even lived in genoa on a beach in a car for four days but this is a whole other story that we will tell you here sometime thank you for listening we hope it is interesting and we will be happy if you subscribe rate and share so others can also listen to it before we sign off we want to give you a quick preview of what's coming up on the next episode of it's so interesting we'll be heading to a place where you can be in two countries at the same time where we will be diving into the world of airplane spotting in different locations and how we once got stuck watching planes and a story about famous desserts Trust me, it's going to be an adventure you won't want to miss. As always, if you have any questions, comments or feedback about the show, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on social, check the links in the description. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time and happy travels!